right before the sunrise One thing is on my mind Need to take the stress and throw it all away Feelings to discover Knowing undercover What it is you really mean to me
fuck. I don't have any water or anything in here. Fuck. You want to restart this one? No, I'm just going to run and get a Mountain Dew. You vamp. <laughs> okay. Um, I have a story about Lem to tell. I'm assuming we're doing this next week. This is coming out next week, right? I guess so. This might be coming out a week earlier than we said a podcast was going to come out. Or maybe it's coming out when we said it was going to come out. I don't know. We haven't decided yet. Um, we've talked previously on this podcast about, you know, autumn feeling burnt out, stuff like that. Um, podcast going down to bi-weekly. Um, and basically, we all, all the, you know, export audio, the core export audio and abnormal mapping sister networks uh, co-hosts. We're all sort of coming together to give Autumn a break. Hopefully recover a little bit. You know, mentally and everything. Throw back a cold one or two. <laughs> uh, and we're doing a cat appreciation tour. Meow, meow. And so all of Autumn's podcasts will continue except for Gotham City Limits. Because that one is kind of... Uh, I really don't Take it do, or leave it anyway. I don't do that for any of you. I do that because I like hanging out with M for 30 minutes every Friday. Yeah. <laughs> the the idea of like M just doing stuff with other people instead of you is like, that's not what the podcast is for. Yeah. <laughs> In the same way of like, if M and I can't do like Around the Long Fire, we would never bring somebody else on. Really, I have, you know... It purely exists for us to just hang out. I just have to take a month off to really take in the fact that Hayao Miyazaki, against my best wishes, is putting out another fucking movie. <laughs> and so, you and I, for I think Sterwell started as a, this is mostly a chance for us to hang out. Yeah. Uh, now you live in Chicago and we just hang out all the time. Do we? Not all the time. But... <laughs> Regularly, <laughs> no. I just wanted to fuck with you because I feel like we do hang out a lot. We do hang out a lot. <laughs> um, but what's essentially going to happen mm -hmm. is there's going to be an appreciation tour where the shows that you're regularly on will continue, but with guests mm -hmm. to to make it a little bit fun. I think I think the main core is going to be us, like the the core export audio, yeah, and mapping stuff. But. I do. We might bring in a few other people, but I wanna I wanna talk to other people because I, I I um you and M said oh maybe we could do an episode of Coffee and Comic Books and I just kind of threw you two in and then I'm also like well M is also gonna be on uh, stairwells and so you know I I don't know now now M and Rick have plans so maybe I won't mess it up but yeah. you know I do I I did kind of just push a bunch of work off onto M without without even like being fully cognizant of that until now as I'm talking about it they were like ready to, but I mean the other yes. the other thing is they're specifically like okay but I'm sticking in the claim that it's just like uh, Neve and I are doing stairwells during that month yes yes um, and, oh, oh but they were also they're gonna but we're we're gonna stop uh, around the long fire for that time. Right. Okay. Because we're actually so just going to record that same night. It's not, So it's not actually that much more for him. It's one extra podcast and then the out, you know. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And it's also knowing that they just don't have to worry about Gotham City Limits. Yes. Rather than what we did all through June, whereas I would text them on Friday and being like, hey, I'm having another anxiety attack. Could we not do the podcast today? <laughs> yeah. I had a really rough month, friends. <laughs> um, but anyway, 
this this is to say we had plans to watch the bitter tears of Petra von Kant. And I would still like to watch the bitter tears of Petra and von we Kant. We can still watch that. Yeah. And then we were gonna do a, a recording, and then we realized we were planning to record the night before I had to leave for my trip, which is right. probably not the best idea. And so we were just like, well, let's we watched Redline. We can call this the Redline episode. <laughs> yeah. And just get this off our plates, announce things, keep it moving, you know? Yeah. So um this um. is this will also be addressed in the Coffee and Comic Books I recorded earlier today, which I think this and Coffee and Comic Books earlier today are like my last two podcasts for a couple of weeks. And um, I'm struggling with it, to be honest with you. I I am feeling a little bad about needing to take a break, but I just I need to take a break. I've been in a really dire straits. I'm going to try to spend this time getting uh a referral so that I can get on some antidepressants or something like that because um, I am back in therapy now and it's helping. It's helping a lot. But there is just fundamentally like some stuff that I think like no amount of therapy will address like, hmm, I just woke up today and I feel sad. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So. Um, yeah. And then I, the other thing too is, you know, Maybe this is also time to begin looking for work, a different work again or something. Yeah. But yeah, um, that's, that's beyond I can plans say, to make right now. Yes. Especially part of, part of my thought as far as that goes is that, um, in July I'll be visiting my mom who is like very good at this sort of stuff. And also, you know, my mom is in the corporate world and even if she, you know, she lives on the other side of the country. She probably couldn't tell me, like, oh, this person I know is hiring and they're in Chicago. But, like, she can help get me, I think, on the right path a little bit, hopefully. Yeah. So. Truly stuff like resumes and cover letters and how to apply is just, like, a weird skill that you yeah. have to know. And it's also, like, a highly specialized skill. Yeah. And I – that was not a thing – one thing I regret about my college experience in a big way is that I was going to school for the sake of going to school because I felt like I was supposed to go to school. And now if I could go back and do college again, I would under go into it with the understanding of I am going to school because on the other side of this, I need to do something that pays my bills. You know? Yeah. School is a means to the end of you know, entering into the capitalist system of, you know, generating profit for other people who I don't know uh, in exchange for wages, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and if I had known that, I would have worked during that time to make connections, to get jobs, worked on resume writing skills, all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Um. Anyway. Anyway, that none of that's fun to talk about. I want to talk about your cat for a moment. Sure. Uh, okay. We were... Oh, before you do that, I just want to do one last thing. Yeah. In relation to all of this. Yeah. Please. Which is one, I think also doing this where you're like taking a break and other people are covering for you, podcasts go on, is also like a good time to just kind of like put it out there. Like the, the Patreon means a lot. Yes. And this is still work that honestly we could be paid more for. Yes. Um, and that doesn't mean that like you need to pay money but also, mm -hmm. you know, if you just listen to this in the free feed, 
Mm-hmm. Maybe now's the time to consider one dollar. See yeah. what else you get. Or yeah, if you're doing one dollar, maybe check out some of the five dollar stuff. Something there's, I there's a good backload log of like bonus podcasts now. So, something I feel bad about sometimes is not providing enough like content to make it worth your while at the one or five dollar tier. I don't know what the correct amount of content to provide is. I don't know what that looks like. So. In my head, I just sort of, like, worry about it as this ambient worry in my head. Um, I'm going to take a sip. Um, and I would just like to say that that is a thing I'm thinking about. That is a thing I want to, you know... I want to spend July reevaluating my workload and reevaluating, like... A big thing that has become a problem is that podcasts sort of just come out when they come out, you know? And so maybe, yeah. like... And that's especially true, I think, for the stuff that you do with Nora, because you have, like, multiple podcasts, and it's kind of what you're feeling at the moment. Right. And I don't have a problem with that. I just, you know, want to spend July thinking about, like, how can we go about this in a certain way that maybe, like, makes more sense for listeners is, uh, um, but set all that aside. That's a thing I'm thinking about. A thing I want you, the listener, to think about is that, like, regardless of the amount of content provided, <laughs> you giving us $5 a month really helps make the podcasts be able to happen. It is a, you know, we are two, Nora and I are two trans women. I am disabled. Um, we work jobs with volatile hours. Um, and if you like the stuff that we do, giving us money helps make those things happen. That's how it works. Yeah. <laughs> because, like, it just does. We have bills to pay and a lot of stress on our plates, and if I was making $1,000 a month on Patreon, I would be less stressed about everything. <laughs> and that's not to say you, this listener listening to this right now, you're the problem. I'm just, you know, a distributed you, a generalized you. And hey, I understand, like, other people, you know, there are lots of disabled trans people that listen to this podcast, you know, lots of, you know, poor people, whatever, that listen to the show. And I'm not saying, like, you're worse for not contributing. Yeah. If that is the situation, if you cannot contribute, please tell your friends about Export Audio. Post about it on Blue Sky or Co-Host or whatever. Because, um, yeah, whenever whenever you tell your friend, like, oh, you like old movies? You should listen to Ornate Stairwells. Oh, you like comic books? You should listen to... Coffee and comic books, it makes a difference to us, you know. Yeah. Um, and I'm bad we, at calls. That money is not going to advertising. Yeah, this isn't. So many people give money to like fucking Maximum Fun that they also has ads that run on the network. Yes, and then also run ads to try and get people to listen to the shows and stuff. I wanted to say something that it's like a little crazy to say, a little like I'm flying off the handle if I say it, but I want to say it. We do better shows. Well, that's a given. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. That goes without saying. No, I was going to say is that if you give Max Fun $5 a month and not us, you're a bad person. <laughs> that's a little That's a little much. <laughs> I'll just say I know some things, or maybe that's not a little much. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway. <laughs> anyway, so every yeah, week... Word of mouth truly does matter. I feel, I feel like in 2023, you and I have been in this, like pattern with our pre-show ritual we're like 2022 okay 
like we your toddler goes to bed you know we 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 read them books all that sort of stuff tuck them in and um you do dishes and then we come in here is there a cat in here okay we pick up the cat we take we take him out of there right and i feel like the past couple months it's been that same routine but it's got like progressively a little more ridiculous um, you know, obviously your toddler's getting older and just wants, you know, like, oh, I want you to check for monsters or whatever. I don't want to, you know. The big thing here is the fact that I think they have moved past naps, but daycare still does nap time. Uh-huh. And so naps still happen during the week. Yes. And um, so weekends, there's still a little bit of the coming out of the bedroom sometimes asking for something. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it, weekends, it's rampant. Yeah. Um, and so like, that's just like, it's, it's our same old routine, but it's just gotten mildly more ridiculous progressively over the last couple yeah. of months. And similarly, I feel like Lem, the podcasting cat has gotten like more and more elaborate in his ploys to, um, <laughs> like get into the podcasting space. Cause but, often, yeah. Lem would be out in, like, the kitchen area or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then we'd be getting, like, some water bottles around and stuff. And then Lem would be like, Oh, they're getting Podcast. water. Yeah. And then would, like, try and run. Mm-hmm. Especially if we started walking that way. Yeah, would be like, run, 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 let me beat you. Yes. Last week was a fucking, like, Seinfeld skit. Seinfeld? Seinfeld. <laughs> Seinfeld. <laughs> Seinfeld. <laughs> It was a fucking Seinfeld skit where, like, you, me, and Emily are standing in the kitchen. Lem is standing halfway down the hallway and staring at us, like, being like, I dare you to start walking this way. I'm going to go to that open bedroom door. Come on, motherfucker. (laughs) And we're, like, shaking food at him. We're, like, getting treats. Emily tries to, like, sneak around and get behind him and cut him off. It was fucking stupid. This week... This week, I was so mad. We were walking into the bedroom, and I was like, oh, that was easy. Lem didn't even try to... He must be, like, sleeping on the couch or something. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, I'm going to run in the bathroom before we record. I go into your bathroom. Lem was already there. (laughs) He was asleep on your bathroom floor because he assumed I wouldn't check the bathroom. (laughs) Before we started. And if I hadn't needed to go, he would have been right. And he'd be on this podcast right now. Yeah. <laughs> and he looked at me like Ozymandias at the end of Watchmen. His little properly <laughs> folded paws. Yes. And he said, I did it 35 minutes ago. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, Lem really folds the paws in a way that Ollie doesn't. Yeah. He's a, he's a cute little bastard. Yeah. Takes after me. <laughs> um, you want to talk about Redline at all? Yeah. So do you know the concept of jouissance? I do not. Please explain it to me. Should we first explain what Redline is? So Redline is... What, do, you, what, do you want me to, to pull this up? Yeah, please. Why do you have list of Nana characters open? Hold up. Because I remembered... A thing about the names, and I was just trying to double check what a Japanese character was in Komatsu Nana's name. Mm-hmm. 
Shut the You're fuck beyond up. parody. <laughs> you were just like, oh yeah, I was just looking at a list of Nana characters. Just to th- I was just yeah. thinking about have, my have girls. You, have you listened to the to GGP? No. Oh yes, I have the the yeah. finale one. Yeah. Okay, so you heard the part where there's the question about what idol we would have rule the world or whatever. Yes. Um, <laughs> yeah. And then I said, "Can I say Osaki Nana?" And I yes. was like, "I would say that's a comedy answer from a comedy person, but I wouldn't say Kiara." So. <laughs> <laughs> um, Redline is a 2009 anime film. Um, it was preceded by a. Um, a sh- uh, like trailer like the first 15 minutes of the movie basically that were yeah. uh, when were they released um let me see so in it, a production i think started around 2003 but at the very beginning there was an ova that was about two characters who like appear mm. um and then i know that so that like that first fifteen minutes or whatever got released as like basically the trailer. Okay. So I remember being excited about like that for a while before I got to then see the first time I saw Redline. It was on the big screen. I think I've told this that like we somehow got the rights to do it before like like at our like college film. Oh club. yes, you did tell this. Yeah. Uh, before it was like actually released in the U.S. Um, so, um, yeah, it, it famously took a really long time to, uh, I think, yeah, seven years uh, was the development process. Mm-hmm. Um, and there are uh, 100,000 handmade drawings in it. Um, and so, <clears throat> basic, it's wacky races. It's wacky races. Uh, uh, another note here, too. The director here, uh, Kuike, so mm-hmm. this is his directorial debut. We have seen something from him before. Do you remember what it is? No. The there's a part where the mom, in uh, Taste of Tea, is like working on an animation, and then you see it, and they're like doing the sound effects. Right. While it's happening yeah, with their mouths. Okay. That short was created by Koike. Interesting. So yeah, um, <clears throat> uh, it, it's it's wacky races. We the the movie opens on, like. You know, JP, our hero, and the sweet JP. Sweet JP. Who's the who's the love interest character? What's her name? Uh, Sonoshi. Sonoshi. Uh, so JP Sonoshi are in this yellow line race. This is going to decide who qualifies for red line. Red line is the big race. You yeah. Know? Um, and basically, it's like red line is every five years, and like the top racers get to compete, and it's like specifically like a very deadly race that people are like trying right. to get into right um and and jp um he's he's in with the mob and he throws the race but ends up qualifying for red line despite this because there are two other people to drop out the middle of the movie is the surprising part the the middle of the movie is then we spend 45 minutes to an hour i don't know yeah edging <laughs> well, yeah, like the build up to the race, I I thought that this movie was going to be nonstop racing action just from start to finish. And it's like a long time of like building up to the race. And it's good. It's really good. We meet so many little guys, so many little creatures. Yeah, I think one of the really important things during that like 
you know, lower intensity section is that there are parts where you will get the like announcers before the race being like, and now we're going to introduce you to the next racers. And like every single one is just a different set of like capital G guys, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. Um, there's like the, the Boin Boin sisters or whatever. Um, boy, boy and Bos Bos. Uh, and there's just like, this like over the top, like they're like femme, basically yeah. the band femme, but as like a racing duo, I love them so much. Yeah, I know you do. Um, we've got Gory Ryder, who I think was like the former police officer. He was like a gorilla yes, man. Yes. Um, yeah, there, there's a bunch. Uh, there's also the ones that are like, uh, basically what if Beavis and Butthead were also Batman and Robin? Yes. <laughs> um, and then it just, you know, just to cut to the chase, they have the big race and JP wins. Uh, well, yeah. JP well, and and Sonashi, the love interest, yeah. they crash halfway through and they decide to team up to get to the finish line and so then the they other, win together. The other big thing that's happening in here is the race is going to take place on Robo World, I, which is extremely Nazi coded. Yes. I'm going to be super honest with you. I did not follow or care about any of this part of yeah. the plot. <laughs> um, the, the main thing with the Robo World stuff is, so there's stuff where they know about it and they're like trying to make plans. Um, but then in the course of the race, it's also funny because there's a part where like they are going to unleash this like, uh, like the Robo World is planning in some way to like unleash this biological weapon that they've made called Funky Boy. But then also within the like, I like he's somebody Funky Boy. somebody just crashes into the Funky Boy facility and like cracks open the like uh, ice or whatever that's containing Funky Boy, mm-hmm. and then Funky Boy is like an Akira monster, just like yeah. rising out and like screaming and like shooting beams and uh-huh. stuff. It's so good. <laughs> <laughs> it's just so bizarre to have it suddenly show up. Yeah. But when there's like the big Funky Boy attack, it, literally... that's when that's when there's the big crash. A bunch of like cars are knocked out. And uh, Sonashi, or Car, which I think is Crab Sonashi is the name of it, if I'm yeah. remembering correctly. I've watched this movie so many times, but mostly in Japanese without subtitles. The thing that gets me about Funky Boy, and uh, there's a lot of, there's a lot, a lot, a lot of touchstones for this, but I always think of, it's the Ano animating the ancient warrior in Nausicaa bit, where he shoots out the beam, and then there's like a little, a beat, and then they all explode. You know? Yeah. Um, Funky Boy does that. <laughs> yeah. And that just happens in the middle of the race, and then they go back to racing. It's not yeah. like, oh, we have to solve the, the world-ending human instrumentality thing. It's just like, oh, back to race. Yeah. And so, uh, Sonashi, her car is, like, inoperable now. Uh, Sweet JP's his is, like, basically just toppled over. Uh-huh. And he's like trying to push it up and he's like, well, why don't you join me and we'll finish? Don't you want to at least see the end? Like, don't you want to at least make it to the finish line? Mm-hmm. Uh, and so then she decides to help push it over and they, they yeah. go. And the final race is um, or like the end of the race is them. And then uh, the machine head who's from Robo World. Uh-huh. Machine head. <laughs> um and he like becomes one with his car and then there's like her using she has some like uh what's what stormlight she is stormlight yeah 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 i think that's what it's called is stormlight cuz i laughed about it is it real um, i wasn't paying attention 
And she, like, uses that in Sweet JP's car and stuff. Gives him the extra edge. Uh-huh. It's, like, from her father or whatever. It's so cool because at the end, the cars blow up and they, like, their bodies go over the finish line. It's so And then, cool. like, uh, Sweet JP, like, whips his head and he has a giant, like, uh, Regent haircut, like the Pompadour. Yeah. And it, like, whips out and crosses the finish line first. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I believe my words during the movie were that JP has a poster of Spike Spiegel in his bedroom. Yeah, and it's right next to a poster of Elvis and a poster of James Dean. Yes. Yeah. Um, so anyway. Oh, the other thing is there's a thing where uh, Sweet JP is remembering this time where he saw this really cool guy get into a car and drive off, who I think is the, the like, mafia boss that they are, like, owing stuff to. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when he was, like, young. Anyway. So you don't really know the concept of jouissance. No. Which is fine because it's an extremely complex concept that exists in Lacanian psychoanalysis. Mm. Um, I'm not sure I fully understand all the nuances and complexities of it because basically there is a part in uh, his career where Lacan mentioned the idea and was like, I've given you a gram of like this thing. And then basically the rest of his life was like adding to and complicating it. And it went from like that gram to like a kilogram Mm -hmm. of just shit about this idea. But there's this idea that exists in like Freudian idea about desire. There's also this idea of pleasure. And then there's jouissance, which means like the direct, if you're normally going to translate from French into English would be enjoyment. Mm -hmm. But the way that Lacan uses it is so complex that people always just go with the French jouissance because he did so much work like defining that. Right. And it like... Marks it out as this is a specific thing we're talking about when we say it in English. So desire is defined by a lack of pleasure. Sure. You don't have the pleasure and you want the pleasure. I can follow you there. Jouissance is an inversion of desire. And so in that sense, it's sort of an overabundance of pleasure. Okay. It might also be thought of as like an overabundance of life. Like an excess of life that you have. Uh Uh-huh. And through this, it also means a certain pushing through of pleasure where pain begins to be introduced sometimes. It's like the difference between like uh, having sex is pleasure, having sex so much in one day that your dick gets raw. That's <laughs> jouissance. You know? Yeah. And jouissance, you cannot explain with the pressure, pleasure principle because people have achieved the pleasure, but they continue to seek out more even as it has diminishing returns or may move over into pain, they may still continue to seek it. Okay. So I think it's also in some ways related to addiction or some people relate it to addiction, but it's like its own separate thing. It's not just addiction Mm. because it applies to other things. And because of this, even though it is like an excess of life, it is also tied to the death drive. Mm. This is a movie about jouissance. Is it about, it is about this excess of, that like pleasure principle Mm -hmm. and it ends with basically like it ends at the climax. There's no, uh, denouement. They, they finish the race and it's cut to credits. There is no nothing. Yeah. It, it cuts the credits as you see them flying in slow motion, having gone across the the finish line. And if you think about it, and this is where it's Jewish songs, this is where it's getting tied to the death drive. What's going to happen next? 
Their bodies are just going to get smeared on the, the asphalt, on the, the track. They are literally moments away from death when the movie ends. I didn't think about that, but you're totally right. They are just going to die there. Yeah. Because all the other cars are going to... But the movie is about this, like, is about Le Petit death and death. <laughs> <laughs> Because there's there's there is always like there is the desire in the yellow line part, right? Uh-huh. Like I want to be able to win the race, uh-huh. but I I have to hold myself back. Yes, this is also getting to the Lacanian idea of the jouissance of the lack of jouissance. The thing <laughs> the the which this is also truly getting into to edging, which is the thing of like the 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 thing that is the excess of pleasure in denying yourself the pleasure. Sure. In experiencing the desire rather than the pleasure. Sure. Yeah. But then it moves on, and then he has that thing of I'm gonna I'm going to push to the point of we can do this. And then it, it goes so far beyond you it literally ends with him passing the ideal of what he had, of what it means to make it, which is the guy in the car mm. driving. He has surpassed that now, and the guy gives the thumbs up, right? As he goes right. by. Sure, sure, sure. Anyway. This is like half shit post and half serious. I do, <laughs> I do think if you are a Lacanian, uh, like Joao, I think you do some Lacan stuff. Back me up here. I might also. I'm sure you have a more complex, nuanced idea of what Jouissance is than me. Uh huh. Because I like studied it for like a, a month in grad school because I had to. Right. Sure. Yeah. Along with like other Freudian stuff, but it was the part that I enjoyed the most, just because uh, it is fun to have like. Yeah, the concept that is, like, your dick's raw from too much sex. <laughs> I just like this movie because it feels like it's... It's it's earnest. There's a, there's a sort of... There's a line here that is impossible to define. It is a, it is a porn, I know it when I see it sort of thing. Where sometimes you watch a movie and it's like mashing all the action figures together and it's mashing all the influences together. You know, this movie, there's a lot of Star Wars in it. There's a lot of like wacky races in it. There's a lot of Speed Racer in it. There's a lot of like Marvel and DC comics. There's a lot of manga. There's a lot of, you know, Akira. There's, um, you know, and it's ma- it, like everything that Koike has ever loved, all media exists inside of Redline, you know? Yeah. And sometimes I say that, and I mean Ready Player One, and it's derogatory, and sometimes I say that, and I mean Redline, and it's a compliment, and I can't tell you what the, like, you know, what is the sort of line there? It's just a thing you feel. It is a thing that, like, is in your heart, that it's cool when Redline does it, and it's lame when Ernest Cline does it. Yeah. And well, I think some of it too, and I haven't like read or watched Ready Player One, but I have. Just the the perception that I have from the outside is that so much of it ab- is about the reference itself, mm-hmm. and is about the like the reference made plain. Yes, it's like specifically, have you watched Iron Giant? I'm going to talk about Iron Giant. Yeah, you don't have to know you because don't... because what Redline is about is not all those references. Right. What Redline is about is that like animation in and of itself is just a joyous thing. Yes. And that like, I'm going to pour all of this time into making this ridiculously fluid, like 
almost over animated uh-huh. thing. Uh-huh. Like Redline Redline does still technically use keyframes and like the intermediary frames that you do. But one when it is doing it, often like keyframes are very close together. There's a lot of stuff in here where it's literally all just keyframes. Mm-hmm. And you're not even doing a lot of the like stuff in between just to blend. Mm-hmm. And also there are lots of times where you are looking at the image and maybe this one thing is moving with like these keyframes, but then it's not everything hits the same keyframe. Mm-hmm. Like there is a moment, and this is the part that's also weird and exciting about like when it gets like slow, is it's like they'll still be animating people talking and there's like so much detail in the way that the heads are moving and models are being right. drawn and stuff that's not the we are having it at an angle where we can just have everything still and we just animate a mouth kind of flapping. Right, like the head is moving around as the mouth is moving, and that's, you know, different. And there is a part where where uh, the, the guy who has multiple arms... Mm-hmm was talking and there's like some detailed mouth animation, but there's some repetition because you're just going to, there's repeating sounds and things that exist. And then he like folded his arms and like all three sets of arms fold like entirely independently where they're not hitting keyframes at the same time and right, stuff. Yeah. Like each set of arms on the body is obeying its own rules of keyframing and like how they're going to fold and exactly where they're going to fall uh-huh. in a way where like other animation would probably put most of that on the same keyframes where right. all three arms are going to fold together at the same time because it's just easier to do. Yeah. Well, and there's also, you know, like to 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 rewind a little bit to like the how this how this like relates to like um you know, um words. Why can't I words? Ready player 1 references? Sure, sure, sure. Yeah. Like the the there's a like Akira and Star Wars are intertexts of this. You can watch Red Lion without ever having seen Akira, and it's still funny when Funky Boy shows up. Yeah. And then, you know, some years later, you watch Akira, and you're like, oh, Red Lion was doing this. Yeah. There's no sort of naming of it. There's no sort of... It is just <clears throat> this sort of, like, joyous, like, taking of ideas and vibes and, like, inspiration rather than, you know, the sort of, like, more dominant mode of, don't you remember this thing, you know? Yeah. Um, uh, and so for me, as a person who really, you know, as a person with myriad nerdy interests, I got a lot of pleasure in watching this movie and being like, oh, this is like Star Wars right now, without being told I'm watching a movie that's like Star Wars, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um. And, and also, yeah, like, you take all that out, and you still have just the simple pleasure of cargo fast. Look cool when cargo fast. Drawn look, really nice. Look cool when, like, animation get elongated. And it's like, it's sort of like, it, it, there's a... This is the best that cargoing fast has ever looked on screen. Well, there's a, there's a thing about it. Because there's just like a... This, this thing allows a certain amount of, like, the plasticity of the image to, like, uh, you know, the idea of, like, smears and things that exist mm-hmm. in animation, and especially in a lot of modern Western animation, has been fully expunged. Uh-huh. You know, even, like, you watch The Simpsons, and Simpsons now is not doing face smears with Bart like they used to. Right. You know? Well, um, and-, and this is, like, 
it uses it, but also there are times when it's doing a little bit more of what I associate with anime, which is that there's there's not a lot of smear work, but there is like a certain attention to motion that feels a little bit distinct from like, you know, American or whatever. But then there are moments, especially when it comes to cars are going fast, where they really they like emphasize where you see the smear frames, where you yes. are very conscious of the smear frames. They, and they, they, want, bring you, they your, want you to know. They it. bring your attention to the stretch and squish stuff. Yeah. And you, it, it it sweeps you away for a moment, and you're like, why isn't every movie like this? And then you remember it took them seven years to make this movie, and you understand yeah. <laughs> why not every movie is like this. But you get so swept up in, like, just, uh, yeah, jo- joy is the word that keeps coming yeah. back to me, of, like, these joyous images that you're like, why can't every movie be this much fun? Because <laughs> there's, like, a, there's a simplicity at, to... Uh, to all of this that makes it just seem like effortless when it is actually the most effortful a movie could possibly be, you know? (laughs) Yeah, but there's just like such a fluidity to it Yeah, that uh, is really hard to achieve but then makes it feel yeah, like just so easy and... Yes. Yeah. Well, and it's... um... It's also like the, the kind of ridiculous stuff that... I mean, this also like... Ghibli movies will will talk about this or whatever too, but we're like, uh, you just get crowd scenes of like a bunch of just different people doing different things, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but also instead of it being like a bunch of uh, like nineteen fifties Japanese business people hurrying around on the street, right? It's just a bunch of fucking weird aliens just yeah. in like oh no, nah! yeah. Yeah, it is like a million different like, and somebody had to character design every single alien yeah. in that crowd because it's not all these are all bleep blorp aliens. It's like there's a bleep blorp and there's a meat mop and there's a <laughs> you yeah. know yeah, which I I'm not saying that I'm I'm sure that there's still stuff in this where anime production is just hell mm-hmm. in this movie. But also there's a certain part where I like we'll see people talk about that with like a, you know, Miyazaki movie. And then it's just a bunch of like like it's just just shoot it on film, my guy. <laughs> there's Man. a certain point where sometimes I watch there's there's an, a, a joy to a lot of there's, Miyazaki there's animation, nothing... but there are definitely some stuff where I'm like there's nothing in The Wind Rises that warrants like the destruction of human lives. Yeah. And no, there's nothing in any media there is nothing that has ever been in any art form that warrants the destruction of real human lives. But then there's but like, like a you watch certain... Redline and you can like believe yeah. the myth for a minute. You can you can buy it. But then you watch like The Wind Rises where Miyazaki is like, I'm a good person for ruining everybody's life to make my stupid movie. And you're like, you didn't even make like a thing that yeah. like is celebrating the 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 uniqueness of animation, you know? Yeah. There's a certain bitterness to me when I watch something like that, and I'm just like, I, I understand that you animated all the Blades of Grass moving, uh, but you also could have just put a, a camera on a hill mm-hmm. and just shot the, the an actor standing there. Right. And, like, <laughs> you know... And it's it's cool, and, it's like, animation, there's still... I don't think that animation, like, always has to define itself in relation to live-action film. Sure. But knowing the amount of, like, destruction of human life, there are some times where you're like, there's no. probably is easier ways to do this, and either, like... Knowing that, like, the guy who directed Whisper of the Heart only got to direct one movie, and, like, everything... 
That movie is so good. That movie is so good. And I would so much rather he were still alive and, like, than make that movie, you know? And I would certainly so much rather he still be alive than had worked even one day on making fucking Princess Mononoke. Yeah. <laughs> It's like a, there's like a little there's a little element to the bitterness when it's like in service of movies that suck. <laughs> yeah. Um. By the way, should we do a stair rating for for Adeline? I don't really recall any stairs. There might be, but it's like you're not watching this for stairs. No. I guess Car- the end of the race is like a race up a vertical incline. Because yeah. they, like, go up a cliff, basically. Yeah. And, and it's not just that. It's that, like... <laughs> it's really... The, it's the very whole funny. big ramp gets rolled out as this... <laughs> yeah, so there's, like, a building uh-huh. that has the finish line, like, painted at the top of it. Yeah. And they're like, how are the cars going to get up there? And then they, like, uh, warp in, like, you know... Uh-huh. Going out of hyperspace, a ship... Where, like, the, the little arced part going up to, like, the... Right. You know, like, just imagine, like, a, an Imperial cruiser, and you've got, like, the thing at the top where the, you know... I don't know why they put the people in there that's extremely exposed and can be blown up, but that part... Yeah. But in, it has, like, a, a sort of graceful arc up to it, uh, and it just, like, splits the building as it, like, warps out of hyperspace. It's so funny, because... <laughs> The, the the villains, the Nazi-coded villains, what they're mad about is they're like, they're going to destroy the the natural beauty of Roboworld to do Redline. And that's what makes them villains. And then the end of the movie is Redline destroys <laughs> the natural beauty of Roboworld. <laughs> and you're like, well... And it's like the most lavishly animated, like, sundering of the of the natural landscape of Redline, yeah. you know? Although it's also, there is like a certain funniness in it being like the the natural beauty of RoboWorld. Yeah. And like most of the natural beauty is just like, well, this is like a robot planet, so it's just a bunch of... Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it, it is... Uh... If you're trying to think about the movie politically, it is, like, the extremely Nazi-coded people mostly just wanted to, like, not have the race destroying their planet. Yeah. (laughs) Which is also, like, you know, you can extrapolate that out and be like, is this... People people protest the Olympics, like, constantly, like, all across the globe, including, like, the multiple times it's happened in Tokyo, there's been, like you know, protests every time. And you're, like, squinting at the movie or, like, are you just mad about people protesting the Olympics in Tokyo because you think the (laughs) Olympics are cool? Uh... (laughs) Are you calling people Nazis for protesting the Tokyo (laughs) Olympics? Is that what we're doing here? Yeah. Um... Anyway, movie sick. I was scrolling down just to see if there was anything on the Wikipedia page about I this read movie. a sentence that made me so mad. Is it that uh, on Rotten Tomatoes it holds a 70% approval rating? Oh, I read... Um, uh, he said that if... Uh, uh, Thomas Zoth of Mania.com comments that while the film does not provide a deep plot or unique premise, it still demands to be seen. That He said that if Scott... P- 
Scott Pilgrim vs. the World was an assault of the senses, redlined as a declaration, declaration of war. Zoth went on to praise the film for its imaginative creatures to compare Koike's work to that of Quentin Tarantino. Quentin Tarantino has never made a film a tenth as good as Redline. And I really like Jackie Brown. <laughs> I really like Kill Bill. And I really like Reservoir Dogs. Yeah. None of them are fucking Redline. Who, what are we talking about here? <laughs> um, anyway, now that you've seen Redline, you too can sometimes be having a bad day and then just put on the credit song, Redline Day, mm-hmm. and you're like, it is a Redline Day. Everything will be okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's a Redline Day. Um, I, uh, words, 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 words. Yeah, I, I think this movie's just fucking fantastic. Um, and I just think that, like, I don't know. Quentin Tarantino's never made a movie as good as fucking, uh, what's it called? What's the one? The the, the Kill Bill inspiration movie. Not Lady Vengeance. No, it's a revenge Lady movie. Snowblood. Lady Snowblood, thank you. He's never made a movie as good as Lady Snowblood. He's certainly never made a movie as good as Redline. Um, and I, I like Quentin Tarantino quite a bit. I'd make this podcast because I used to like Quentin Tarantino movies a lot. <laughs> Yeah. Um, well, there's our 30-minute timer. Where can people find you online? You can find me at Fox Momnia. Uh, go listen to all of my podcasts. More specifically, just go to exportodd.io and, and give us some money. Give us money. You can find me on Twitter at Autumnal underscore coffee. Yeah, I'm also on Blue Sky now at Fox Momnia. Okay, so you're on Twitter co-host blue sky everything fox momnia yeah uh annie list fox momnia letterboxd fox momnia this is a thing that i'm in h.io fox mom Mm. a thing i realized today is that i gotta maybe like consolidate the brand a little bit because i'm on twitter at a tumble underscore coffee i'm on tumblr at a tumble dash coffee i'm on co-host at a tumble I'm on Blue Sky at Autumnal Coffee. No no dash, no yeah, underscore, so nothing. Um, I'm on Letterboxd. I think it also is Autumnal Coffee. No dash or anything. But if you if you try to find me at a, and, the, and you don't find me, try an underscore. See if it works. Um, so I got to maybe like change some usernames so they're all just Autumnal Coffee, nothing in between it. Yeah. We'll see. Maybe I won't do that, but... Uh, and yeah, exportaud.io, patreon.com slash exportaudio to support everything that we do. Thank you, everybody, for, uh, you know, uh, understanding with meaning to uh, take a break. And sorry, I'm getting a text about the strike I am organizing tomorrow. Uh, yeah, also, if you if you have, like, some money that you want to give the strike, I'm sure you'll tweet yes. about it. Uh, skeet about it? I don't know about this one, guys. Uh, chose about it. Yeah. Have you um, seen people call it skeeting? I, I've seen... That means a thing. That means a thing. <laughs> if you, have you seen Austin on Blue Sky? I have. Uh, Austin Walker has one Blue Sky post that just says, we skeeting on here? <laughs> and that's it. And that's perfect. I hope Austin never posts on Blue Sky again. I say, I say Austin like I know him. I just listen yeah. to a lot of his podcasts. Yeah. Um, I'll also say go listen to 
the Sea Destiny finale for Great Gundam Project. Do not watch Sea Destiny. Do not. What? What if you don't have to? What if I came back after a month of not podcasting? I was like, I watched Seed and Sea Destiny. What if I watched a hundred episodes of anime? In a month. And also, I didn't of tell you about it. the worst show that I've ever seen in my life. And then you asked me, Autumn, did you finish Turn A Gundam? And I say, no, I didn't finish Turn A Gundam. Did you finish reading Nana? I, I will tell you no, but I did watch Seed and Seed Destiny. This isn't happening. I'm not I'm not doing this. You, it's not as well. Let's get out of here. They fucked up the concert Zaku. They didn't use it. At least have a dance. Let's Let's get out of here. Nanahachi is real. Nanahachi is real. We don't even finish the manga.
the count Bella Lugos is dead
and so cool, too. There's something different about her, like she's got this special aura. So thin and such a pretty face. Those long eyelashes and her makeup, it really stands out. But it looks perfect. That is so cool. Huh? Is the smoke bothering you? No, 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 that's okay, I'm fine. Starting tomorrow, you and I will be roommates, Nana. <laughs> At that moment, I felt like I was going to cry. I don't really know how to explain it, but when I was shaking Nana's hand, this warmth that went straight to my heart. <laughs> Sorry, I never would have guessed we were the same age. <laughs> She's so cute when she laughs. You gotta be kidding! You don't look the same age as me! Huh? You can't be 20! I, I have no idea why. It was just one of those feelings that you can't describe. Like it was meant to be. You got any beds, Mizukoshi? Nice to see you again. Life right now, but... Don't let pride stand in your way, or you're never going to be happy. Thanks for the words of wisdom. You're welcome. See you later. You're not thinking of going home already. It's only 10 o'clock. Mm-hmm. I know, but I want to make sure Nana gets her burger before it gets cold. I'm worried about Nana being stuck at home on her own. She'll be lonely. She's not the kind of girl who gets lonely. Besides, why waste your money on a cab when you live so close? I'll walk you home. I'll be okay. I got myself a job today. Besides, the burger's getting cold, so I need to get it to Nana right away. Aren't you going a bit overboard? Bye-bye! Uh, I'm ready to go now. She's so into Nana. I don't get it. I ran up the seven flights of stairs as fast as I could, and I opened the door. Even though the bed and futons had been delivered, Nana was sleeping on the floor. She was curled up in a blanket beside the heater. What'd you put in there? Beer. Want one? Yeah! Are you kidding me? You gotta go to work. But I'm really, really thirsty, and I'm really, really hungry, too, and there's nothing to eat here. Oh. That reminds me, that burger you bought? It tasted really good. Thanks for that. You ate the whole thing on your own? No fair! Then why'd you say it was a present for me? Oh, thanks, Nana! You're the best! What's the big deal? I didn't really do anything. Actually, everything's been great since I moved in with Nana. Feel so positive. It's weird, because we're totally different, but it's like we just clicked. Well, because... Uh... You should probably wait till you hear me sing first before you get too excited. Uh... I want to hear her sing. I bet she's awesome. I just know I'm going to be her biggest fan. Good evening, we're Blast, and welcome to our first show ever here in Tokyo. Good evening, Blast. We'll make this a night you'll never forget. <gasps> you were right. I've never forgotten that night.
The song had no lyrics, so you just made them up using any words you could think of, whether they made sense or not. It was like you put a crazy spell on me. Your haunting voice held me captive. The kitchen table was your stage. The cell phone was your mic. And the crescent moon was your spotlight. Nana, you're the only one in the world that could make magic like that. And to this day, I still believe that. You can't do that! Nobu, you have to sleep in my room tonight so that Nana won't have any choice but to let me sleep in her room with her! Thank you. Hey, don't throw that on the ground! Honestly! Thank you, Hachiko. You said you weren't into girls. You can't just do that to me. Drama queen. It was just a kiss. You never change, do you? That was so much fun. Stop taking all the covers. It's cold. Hmm. Huh? Listen, I don't want you crossing this line onto my side of the bed, okay? Whose bed is this anyway? If you don't like it, sleep on the floor. Hmm. Ooh. Uh, come on! <laughs> Ooh, I'm over the line. What are you going to do about it, huh? <laughs> Looking back on it now, the way I felt about you, Nana, felt a lot like falling in love. With you, my life was full of sweet dreams, and it felt like the pure bliss of a first love. I'll get a bonus, which means I'll be one step closer to my dream of buying a big house with a yard. A big house with a yard? That's your dream? Yep. It's what I've always wanted. When I become a rich and famous singer, I'll buy you one. <gasps> Your smile's blinding me! We've got a gig! We've got a gig! There was an open slot for a band on the bill at the Shimokita and we got it! Huh? It's on May the 5th! We got a 30-minute slot! <laughs> Yay! Yeah, well, I'm out of here. I gotta work in the morning. <gasps> Nana! Don't go home yet. Stay here with me. <laughs> huh? We were buried in snow for half the year. So that's what her hometown is like. One day, I'd like to see where she grew up. Thanks, Nana, for waiting with me. <laughs> I just didn't feel like talking. So instead, I listened to some song Nana was humming to herself. Nana's eyes were so clear.
Anyway, I have Nana. When I'm with her, I never feel lonely. We're both girls, so we can totally be ourselves around each other. We always have each other, and it just feels so... comfortable. It feels like my heart's gonna explode! I'm gonna cry. That's what I'm feeling. Don't abandon me, Nana. I figured you'd want something light to eat after the show. Mm, yum! You're a girl after my own heart. Well, let's go sit down with everyone else and let Hachi yeah, do the rest. But, it's fine, it's uh, fine. Okay, we don't have enough seats, so move it. But those two girls together? Weird. I love all those blonde Why am I feeling so jealous? Like really? Wish I had hair like that. <laughs> Maybe I'm the one who's weird. Okay. Two girls doing it. How does that work? I guess Nana would be on top. <gasps> what am I doing fantasizing about my roommate? Sorry, you have to put up with her every day. No, Nana is the perfect roommate. Honest, considerate, and cheerful. I'm more than happy to be living with her. She's a really great girl. Come on, I'll make you some tea Nana. before the concert. Oh, here are some snacks we brought for you. That wasn't acting. I meant what I said. I'm more than happy to be living with her. So, If there's anything you want to know, just ask and I'll tell you, okay? I don't want you feeling sad about me. Huh? <laughs> and what is so funny? Sometimes you're more like my boyfriend than one of my best girlfriends. My heart just totally skipped a beat. Whatever. So you'll really tell me anything I want to know? Thank you, Nana. <gasps> oh, Nana. Almost unknowingly, we held hands. I wanted to continue holding that hand. All night long. And forever. This blows. Watching Nana all curled up on the floor in front of me, I've never seen her look so cute. The Tokyo sky had been clear that day, but by the time night rolled around, it had clouded over. Even though way Hey, not so fast. Seeing all this food's making me totally hungry. Is it okay if we eat some of it now? Sure, of course we can. I'll get us some plates. This looks so delicious. Forget those guys. They've got no idea what they're missing out on. This is a feast. Mmm, yum. <laughs> Nana, I still think about you every day. I just want to see you across the table from me. My heart calls out your name. Over and over. As many times as it takes. Hey, Nana. If you and I were lovers, would we have been able to fill the emptiness by holding each other? It's not that I wanted to keep you all to myself, Nana. I just wanted you to need me. You probably don't have a clue, do you? Everything you do blows me away, just like that typhoon. I feel like 
teenage boy falling in love for the first time. I can't fight this anymore. I think I'm gonna burst. But I need to call her right away. Just watch me, Hachiko. I promise I'm gonna make all your dreams come true. <sighs> I hope you make it big and get on TV. And then I can watch you when you sing. Wow, she just threw them a curveball. <laughs> it's not a dream, Hachi. We can laugh and be together just like before. <laughs> 